It's Friday, July 15th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, one word to describe Tristan McKenzie last night, uh, just brilliant. He was every bit as much of an ace you would want out there on the mound with uh, the Tigers, uh, you know, having won five games in a row against Cleveland, and you, you just saw him go out there in complete command. Uh, it looked like they couldn't touch him. It was a career-high 12 strikeouts, a career-high tying eight innings, the most pitches he's ever thrown in a game. Uh, just what can we expect for the rest of the way out after this outing from Tristan McKenzie? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, right now, Joe, he looks like uh, he did uh, during that stretch, that what, that about 10-game stretch he had last year in the middle of the season. He just looks dominant. You know, a five hitter, 72% of his uh, pitches for strikes. Uh, just, you know, like you said, 12 strikeouts. And the thing that impressed me, Joe, is I didn't think he threw that hard. I mean, he's throwing 96 miles an hour. Where did that come from? Yeah, it seemed like when he needed to put guys away, he could reach back and get that 96. But he was he was sitting mostly in the, the 91, 92, 93 range uh, for the most part. And then... That that fastball would just jump up and get guys uh, at, at certain points. It was funny. We talked to Austin Hedges after the game, and Hedgie said that you know at, at certain points it felt like they could they had the whole arsenal at their disposal, and whatever they decided to throw was was exactly the right pitch in that moment. Yeah, he just looked. Uh, he was like two or three steps ahead of every Tigers hitter. Um, you know. You know, I, I'm, you know, when when he gets hurt, it's like when he throws that fastball up in the strike zone, and it's 91 or 92 miles an hour, and you know the 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 hitter is waiting for it, and you know it, it's bang, it's out of the park. But you know, with the curveball and and the fastball, the location of the fastball, just uh, really a dominant start, really encouraging start, and uh, you just wonder, you know. <laughs> How good can this guy be? You know, you, you, you got to be asking yourself that. So this is the third consecutive, uh, you know, scoreless outing for him. Uh, he's up to 21 consecutive innings uh, scoreless. Uh, this streak started with uh, seven innings against the Yankees, where he was lights out. Uh, followed up in Kansas City last week uh, against the Royals, where he was pretty much dominant. Uh, it's been it, it's been a really good run. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's encouraging, you know, it, it looks like, you know, he, he looked as, as, you know, as kind of like, you know, we, we saw, you know, Bieber, you know, in his last start, kind of a, a veteran presence and just, you know, you know, he wasn't, you know, he just had all his pitches working. And, and last night, um, you know, we see uh, McKenzie kind of the same way, but with better stuff, you know, right. with, with a 96 mile an hour fastball and, and a curveball that's dropping off the table and just, uh, you know, you, you wonder, you know, is, is this guy ready to uh, be the number one, kind of the lead dog in this rotation? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great point. Uh, the, the maturity is what uh, jumped out uh, for Tito talked about it even before he went out there to start. He said it's the work that he's doing between starts now. Uh, that that makes him this ready on day five to go out there and, and be so sharp. 
he he really is for for only being 23 years old he's he's already showing those indications and those markers that you know he's he's ready to sort of take that next step and and you know it, it's really good really encouraging you've got uh lined up now you've got Plesak, Quantrill and Bieber to to sort of finish out the first half of the season against these Tigers and all three of those guys are are starting to heat up or are already heated up or are already at the point where um you know they they've, they've been able to to turn in really good outings lately uh no reason why uh the guardians should have any any trouble with these tigers who've who've actually you know given them problems so far this season uh heading into last last night's game the tigers won seven of the nine meetings uh but but mckenzie put an end to that uh pretty quickly uh thanks to guys like josh naylor and andres jimenez who who continue to stay hot uh what every time i see naylor get up there and he doesn't hit the ball out of the park every time he puts the ball in play, but it doesn't leave the yard. Uh, I just sort of wince in pain for him. Uh, it, it just looks like nobody in in on this club needs the all-star break more than Josh Naylor to just sort of recharge his batteries. Yeah, d- definitely. He uh, he really is a uh, – just to, to have him go out as many times as he's, you know, post up as many times as he has in the first half, what he has, 12 home runs – you know, he's one of their, you know, their top run producers and, you know, you know, considering where where he came from, what he went through with that broken leg last year. And, uh, you know, and the fact that I don't know if he's 70 percent, Joe, I I, do. What do you think? I, I, I just, I think this guy is still, he needs to break, you know, and in talking to him, you know, a few weeks ago, just uh, he thought, you know, he really hadn't been the same since he had the COVID thing that it, that that kind of set him back. And he thought maybe at the all-star break, coming out of the all-star break, he'd be closer to 100 percent than he'd ever been. But, you know, he he gave them a heck of a first half, a, a first half. You know, no one would could have expected from from Naylor, you know, considering the injury he had last year. Yeah. And it's funny that we asked him about it last night post game, And the first thing he said is, uh, you know, at this point in the season, I don't think anybody's 100 percent. And that might be true, but, you know, 100% for a guy who came into the season not having to rehab from a broken ankle the way he did, uh, you know, probably looks a little different than, uh, you know, Naylor taking swings and, you know, even catching foul pop-outs where he's, he's, the trainer has to come out and look at him at least once a game now for, uh, for, for one reason or another. Yeah, you know, he had the back uh, the back issue, I think that was in Detroit where mm-hmm. he had the, you know, kind of back spasms and and last night it looked like he had something going on with his rib cage. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of stuff going on with the guy, but give him credit, you know, he goes out there, he looks better at first base too, Joe. I mean, yeah. he, he's really good at digging balls out and playing it on a short hop. And, uh, you know, we haven't had a, uh, the, the Guardians haven't had some, you know, a lot of stellar play at first base. And it's nice to see a guy that that knows his way around the bag like Naylor does and can, you know, pick up his infielders. Yeah. One of the things uh, we did notice Owen Miller out with Mike Sarbaugh, the infield coach, uh, getting some extra work in pregame uh, Miller at first base, even though he didn't play there last night. Uh, it was footwork around the bag. It was, you know, where to be when balls are in the outfield and, and, and sort of lining things up. But Tito mentioned uh, even just throwing mechanics. He said, 
there's a there's a specific mechanic that uh, Owen has been doing wrong pretty much all of his life in terms of putting his lead arm out and sticking it straight out uh, when he throws uh, that they're trying to break him of this habit, but it's something that he's he's done all of his life and it's it's not going to be a, a an instant fix. So, you know, those kind of those kind of things aren't going to keep him uh, aren't going to change him uh, dropping throws which we've seen two or yeah. three times over the last couple of weeks, balls that, that should have been caught at first base and they're not caught. Um, we got to find out about, uh, you know, we've noticed Owen breaking in a new glove over there at first base, and that might have something to do with it. But, you know, if that's the case, then just go with the old glove for uh, for the time being. Oh, my uh, God, yeah. I mean, and it seems to come at, like, critical parts of the game. Uh, the ninth inning a couple times when, the, you know, sure out and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a guy on first base and, you know, in, in a tight tight ball game. Yeah. Uh, not – Tito said that having him play multiple positions probably leads to that a little bit as well. But, uh, you know, there's no excuse for dropping a ball at first base. Uh, another guy who – could really use a break uh, in terms of the physical wear and tear, but isn't going to get one because he's going to be playing in the All-Star game. Andres Jimenez, last night, uh, two hits, a double, and a home run. Uh, driving in, what, two runs? Uh, he's got 42 RBIs. He's got 10 home runs. He's heading to the All-Star break. Uh, this is the breakout season for Andres Jimenez. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, been a, just a, a pleasant surprise you know, like you said, an all-star. Um, and it was just, you know, he he just, you know, he he has that knack for, you know, driving in runs when they need him. You know, that that uh, third inning double, you know, two outs, and uh, he gets a big run in, then the home run. And uh, it was good to see the home run, you know, because he had, he kind of, you know, he falls in I think he, you know, people kind of challenge him with that fastball up at the top of the zone. And, uh, you know, Sometimes he catches up to it and sometimes he doesn't, but, you know, he's got a nice swing, you know, surprising power. And, uh, you know, and he has been, he's had a target on his back as well. You know, people have, have been pitching him inside and, you know, he took that tumble at shortstop the other night. So I'm sure, um, you know, when after he gets through these next three games, you know, he can rest up hopefully at, at the all-star game, but, but that's a, you know, that's a busy three days. I don't think you get much rest there. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a grind. Uh, the target's been on his back and on his arm and on his knee and on his leg. He's, he's been hit pretty much everywhere uh, over the last couple of weeks and uh, good to see him sort of return the favor and, and, and belt one last night. Uh, Med Rosario also starting to heat up uh, three hits last night. Uh, he, he had, uh, an awesome month of June. Uh, the early part of July wasn't so great. He sort of cooled off there, but as of late, he's, he started to have, uh, the, the typical Ahmed Rosario games where he gets two to three hits, you know, his hits come in bunches like that. And, uh, when he's going good like that, at the top of the, the guardians order, it, it, it looks completely different. Yeah. Him and Quan. You know, really, it's a pretty good one-two punch. You know, when they're on base and they're setting the table for Ramirez and and Naylor and and Reyes. Uh, you know, that's the way these guys have to win. 
and it's a difficult way to win, Joe, because you know Quan doesn't have any power, but you know he he give him, he gets on base. You know Rosario is is a, a great hitter, but you know he, he doesn't he doesn't drive the ball out of the park. He's he's a he's a line drive hitter, and uh, but for for uh, Cleveland to be successful, those two guys have to get on base, and and you have to have guys the guys behind them drive in, you know drive them drive them in, and uh, you know we've we've kind of been on a roller coaster all season you know trying to make that formula work how much longer are guys like Ahmed Rosario and and maybe even a uh, Framil Reyes going to be around uh when when do you expect the uh the, the cards to start falling here and and the, the trades to start happening well you know I think uh you know this is this is a you know it kind of starts now you know uh you know middle of uh the middle of July, you know, the, the trading deadline is August 2nd. You know, this is when things start to, the phone calls start to pick up. Um, you know, I just, you know, I, I know, you know, it's going to be, you know, it really comes down to, I think, uh, what's the philosophy, you know, what, what are, what is the front office trying to accomplish this year? Is this a, uh, you know, uh, you know, is this a, a tryout season, you know, for next is it is it going to be you know are you going to go through tryouts extended spring training in sec in the second half or are you actually going to try to sneak into a wild card spot you know or, or maybe catch the twins um you know and that's what it comes down to i i i could see them trading one or one or the, one of those guys rosario or reyes i'd be surprised if they traded both of them yeah uh, do you get the sense that there's agreement or a connection you know between tito and the front office right now they're on the same page uh do you get the sense that you know maybe tito wants to win right now and and the the front office wants to uh maybe stick with their plan and and suffer through a season where they they commit to these young guys uh i can i could envision a scenario where you know tito fights the idea of trading somebody like a rosario because he likes what Rosario does. He's a good example for the young players of, you know, always hustling out uh, ground ground balls and, you know, running the base as well. He the, the, There are little things that he does that Tito really appreciates, and you can tell he has a, a genuine appreciation for. Uh, is Would, would trading Rosario uh, be something that Tito might oppose? Well, you know, I, I... – I think he, you know, there, there would probably be a lot of, you know, some, uh, some discussion, you know, whatever, you know, they've always been, they always seem to have be on the same page. I don't think it would cause a, you know, like a major rift because what are they? They're, they're what, three and a half out right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the twins lost last night. Um, you know, it, it's still feasible that, that they can uh, win this division. Um, but you know, it, it's just this this team struggles so hard to score runs and you know and francona always says you know okay if you if we trade one guy who do we replace him with and yeah you could slide Jimenez over to shortstop but then who plays second base and and are you going to get uh another guy like Jimenez you know to to have the production at second base do we know can uh uh you know, can Miller play second? We know Miller can play second base, but can he give you that kind of production? Can Arias come up, you know, and do the same thing? And Rocchio or any of those guys, you know, we really don't know that. And uh, that's really going to have to be a commitment 
from the front office and Francona together to reach a, a decision like that. If if I were laying money on it, if I were, uh, you know, handicapping it in any way, I would say that uh, Antonetti and Chernoff, their philosophy is going to win out, that Rosario will be gone by the trading deadline. Uh, you, you might even see Fran Mill get moved by the trading deadline. Uh, and they will go with a full commitment to this this younger youth movement, and uh, you know whether they they'll they'll accept the fact that they that you know they might fall off the pace in the central and have no chance of winning the the wild card because you look you've got four teams in the east that are occupying you know you know four playoff spots right now it, it's it, it's going to be really hard if you don't win the division to to make the postseason. Yeah, that definitely. And, uh, you know, and I guess, you know, if, if Oscar you know, Gonzalez comes back from the, uh, you know, the uh, rib cage injury and, and uh, you've got, uh, uh, you know, Jones right now, uh, you know, one of those guys could slide into the DH spot, you know, if, or if you want to do that. Um, so, but you still don't know what, what kind of power you're getting. And this team doesn't, doesn't <laughs> this team have is any. So, it doesn't have any power. Do you really want to do that? I, I guess, you know, you'd really have to put, you know, the future ahead of the present to do that. Yeah, that, that, that is the case. Who's going to drive the ball out of the park is, is the question for uh, this guardians team moving forward. And, you know, right now, if you don't have Framil Reyes doing what you are paying him to do, uh, it's, it, it, the team looks a lot different than, than what you'd hoped it would. So uh, right now there's well, still a lot of questions as we head into the, the all-star break and there will be even more after them, but the, the trade deadline comes up soon. Uh, we did talk to Scott Barnsby yesterday. And as you might expect, uh, the scouting director for the guardians uh, didn't tell us much. We, we, you know, we wanted to ask him, Hey, are you going to draft 19 pitchers again? Uh, <laughs> he, he wouldn't give us a straight answer about that. Uh, those, those little media sessions beforehand are always not very productive because, you know, other than getting their philosophies on, uh, you know, what kind of player they look for, what, what, what positions they would draft for, you're not going to get anything specific. You're not going to say, Oh, we like, you know, this, or that, or that, or the other thing. Uh, they have the 16th pick. Uh, I think they have three picks on the first night of the draft. Uh, so you know, something to keep an eye on, but, you know, nothing, nothing that's, uh, there were no revelations in that meeting with Scott Barnsby. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait until the the night of the draft to to sort of figure that out. Yeah. The draft is uh, the major league baseball draft is always, you know, kind of a mystery to me. Uh, It's the only draft that takes place, you know, uh, the major professional sports in, in North America during the season, you know, so it always kind of gets lost in 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 the shuffle of the season now you know they moved it to the as part of the all-star break so you know it comes to the forefront a little more but it's just you know it's just hard to keep track of to for me if especially you know if you're if you're if you're following the big league club every day it, and so they got the 16th 37th 54th pick you know i guess that those guys would go you know in in on the first day of the draft um and, you know, of all the high school players and college players that can be drafted, 
you know, it's it's always just a crapshoot. You know, they've cut it down to 20 rounds from, what, 40? And it used to be 50, and then it used to be unlimited. Uh, so, they, you know, they've cut that down to, you know, get just, you know, to improve the quality of the players taken. But, you know, it, it isn't a mystery. It always will be, I think. And and, with, and they don't have, you know, the, the – the guardians are always, you know, so competitive that they really, you, you can't pinpoint. It's not like they have, they're Detroit or Baltimore, you know, where, where there's, they have the first pick and you know, and you pretty much know the consensus, you know, there's two or three or four of the best players in the country and you know who they're going to take, you know, uh, the guardians always draft down, down toward the bottom of the list to mid to the middle of the, or the, you know, the bottom of the, the top 30, the 30 teams in the big leagues. What do you think the chances are they draft a shortstop? <laughs> I think they got enough shortstops. How about a first baseman that can catch the ball? <laughs> there you go. That'd, that'd be good. Uh, well, one way you can follow uh, the draft coverage and our thoughts about the draft and who the Guardians select, uh, join subtext. Uh, go to cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, click on the Guardian subtext and, and join that way or send a text to 216 216- Two zero eight four three four six. It's three ninety nine a month, and you get uh, inside info, uh, the latest from Hoinsey and myself as we cover the team on a daily basis. Uh, best way to stay on top of all of that. Hoinsey, we'll be uh, back with you uh, again next week, uh, All Star Week, and uh, a lot going on. Not a lot of uh, games to be played, but certainly a lot of events to be talked about. Jose Ramirez in the home run derby. Uh, and uh, Ramirez, Classe, and Jimenez making their uh, All Star Game appearances on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, Joe. What I I, was, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of uh, uh, Terry Francona giving uh, Ramirez his blessing about the home run about being in the Derby? Uh, I think Tito's pretty much in a position with you know Jose uh, in a seven a seven year hundred forty one million dollar contract and. Yeah. Uh, if, if Jose comes and says, I want to do this, you pretty much say, yep, you're the man, you go do it. Uh, I, I, it would have, it would have shocked me if Tito would have said anything otherwise, uh, when we asked him about it. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Tito's going to have to live with it. Hopefully Jose comes out healthy and, and doesn't screw up his swing for the second half of the season. Yeah, he's got, a, he could, he could win a million bucks if he, if he's the winner, <laughs> Uh, the one guy who doesn't care about a million dollars in that contest is Jose Ramirez. I can tell you that for certain. All, All right. right. Uh, great to talk to you, Hoinsey. We'll uh, check back in during All-Star Week here on Cleveland.com. Okay, buddy. 